0: Morning Relate, and welcome to week number two of Running with Giants. I have been excited about this series since I first planned it, and we are uh, we are in week two. Last week we talked about Isaiah, and this week we're jumping into a brand new story of someone that you probably have heard of before, but I want to just, before we even get to that, I want to give a big shout out to the, there was a couple of young guys playing out in the foyer uh, this morning and playing some Cinco de Mayo music. So, can you guys just give it up for them? Man, they did. <laughs> they became a band, automatic, just real quick. It was like you're the Cinco de Mayo band. <laughs> and um, they they were excited about it. And I think in the first service there were four of them. Just sounded incredible. And I'm 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 always thrilled to see people doing things if it's. A little bit of a step of faith, or if it's just something that's fun, we we always have a good time. So I want to greet those of you. If this is um, your first time here, or maybe you've been around a couple of times, I want to say welcome to you. I'm glad that you have joined us today. And those of you who are at home this morning, you've decided that related is your home. We're thrilled to have you here and um, doing what we're doing, seeing lives changed and seeing the power of God move. So. One last thing, and that is the message notes. If you didn't get them coming in today, then you can still get them at the Uversion Bible app by searching Relate Community Church. And uh, otherwise, hopefully you got the, the notes. But today is actually a little bit unusual, not unusual, special. There's something something cool that was already about 50 people signed up for it. It is the... Bible study that we do together in the uversion Bible app if you want to join us with that for that this week last week we had several so many people were like pastor you didn't go into Isaiah talk about his life and like there's there's so much to talk about in some of these guys and uh, and next week'll be a, a woman of faith and a few more ladies of faith actually in the next few weeks but We don't have time to go into all of them, otherwise I'd be up here for two or three hours, and as much as some of you would like that, others of you would be like, I'm out. (laughs) I got about 35 minutes or so, and uh, so I respect your time, and this week, though, we're going to dive deeper into, today we're talking about the life of Jacob and some of the things that we know he would have told us, but you want to go deeper with us, then you can do this right now. You can text the word GIANTS because running with giants, you can text the word giants to 97000, 9000, 97000, 97000. And then you'll get a link back and it will connect you right into that Bible study and you can just follow along with us. And um, that is a good thing to pull your phone out and do right now. Otherwise, we're going to jump right into this message. Um, So let's start with our theme verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, this is kind of a pivoting point for chapter 11 into chapter 12, because chapter 11 is really a hall of fame of faith. It's just a list and uh, just a um, kind of like a scoreboard of faith where men and women did things by faith and changed the world. And so because of that, therefore, we go into chapter 12, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that image is real so powerful because it kind of gives us the image of a uh, a grandstand or like a, uh, a field of play, whether like a soccer field, baseball field, uh, or a, a athletic field. And there's a crowd surrounding watching. It gives us this image that there are those who have gone before us. They're in heaven and they're like our cheer squad. They're, they're cheering us on and we're the ones running the race. It's easy to look at all the ones that have gone before us and point back to them, and they did such an amazing job. They changed the world. They listened to God. They walked by faith, and we can read about them, but it's one thing to read about them, and it's another thing to run our own race. And so this whole series is built around the idea that there are those who have gone before, and we can listen to what they said and run our race better. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. So for many of us, our race is is marked out, but we're still trying to figure it out. John Maxwell wrote a book called Running with the Giants, and in it, he kind of poses this question that what would it be like if we could take our, our race that's marked out for us and just take one lap with some of the greats? This is, this is, th- these are the highlights, these are the things you need to know, these are the things that you've got to do. So this series is kind of built around that, it, it, it's that, cr- that crowd of witnesses, it's hard to hear a voice in a crowd because all you hear is the crowd, you hear the, the noise of the crowd, but this series is us trying to hear the individual and what would Isaiah say to us? What is that uh, encouraging word that he would give us? What would Jacob say to us? Today, I um think about the people who travel from all over the world to to run and train and race with the Jamaican athletic uh runners. Usain Bolt is a over and over again world champion gold gold medals and people everybody wants to run with them they want to know how he trains they want to know what do you eat when do you wake up when it like if we could just get those tips and tricks and how to like don't even. There's no, no reason to reinvent the wheel, right? Like these guys have been through it. So today we pick up some of that from, uh, from Jacob. And if you're not familiar with Jacob, in Genesis chapter 27, we start seeing this, this guy who he is, we, we, I'm sure you've heard of Abraham, the father of many nations and father Abraham. But Abraham had his only son, had uh, the promised son Isaac, and then Isaac's son Jacob, so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob became the father of many nations, and his 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel, which still today are the, the nation of Israel, all over the world, not just in the borders of a country, but the Jewish people have literally changed the world, and they all come from this man, Jacob, or Abraham also, but his grandson, Jacob. And this message, I think, comes and answers our question when we are uh, at a point where life isn't turning out the way that we had hoped. So I I think that's kind of the the focus of of where I want to talk about his life. There's a lot to talk about, and we'll be reading on it in our Bible study this week, and you can follow along with us. But today, I want to kind of answer and pick up his life when things don't turn out the way that we think that they ought to. Or that we had hoped for. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And sometimes when we, we have hopes and expectations of life. And even hopes and expectations of when we give God our, God here's my life. And we, if you could just help me become this. And we have this image. And it doesn't turn out that way all the time. Because God has something even bigger than that. Why? Because we want control. We want to control what happens. The problem is the more you try to control what happens in your life, the more it doesn't turn out that way. The more we try to maintain control and make that image come to pass that we had hoped for, we get further and further away from that image because that's the way life works. So I will. And at his birth, he's a twin, and his brother actually comes out before him. Esau is born the firstborn, but Jacob's hand comes out and grabs Esau's heel, and he's named Jacob, which means usurper or manipulator, or it's almost like he's fighting against what is happening, in that he wanted to be first. And we see that over and over in his life, especially later on, whenever they're old enough to get to the place where Jacob and Esau should be blessed by their father, that Esau should get the firstborn blessing, which is a major, major thing in those days. We, don't, we take for granted these days that a father has a blessing to give. But Jacob and Esau did not. But Jacob actually tricked his brother and tricked his father into giving. His dad was blind, barely could see. And he tricked his dad into giving the second son the first son's blessing. And it happens in a way that... <laughs> It's so tricky and manipulative that he has to kind of pack up and leave town as soon as he does it. So he wants the blessing so bad that he's willing to lie and cheat for it, but then he gets kind of run out of town because his brother's mad. And we see him come back in just a little while. Another time in his life, he gets into another sticky situation where he goes to find a wife and he has uh, business problems and there's manipulation and there's it gets so messy with his then- to be father-in-law because he wants to marry one girl his father-in-law tricks him and then they have this thing going on where he gets the the wife that he wants and then he gets a he eventually gets the wife that he wants but he ends up with two wives and then he ends up working for blessing and working for wealth and then he, it's just a really messy thing so you got to go back and read it but over and over and over again he's trying to manipulate and he's trying to fight his way into being blessed and into being a winner so today i think we can go through those same things or we can learn from the giants and so i think across the board what what jacob would tell us and you'll see this unfolding as we read a little bit more into what he actually says but i think what he would say is let god have control of your life would you just tell somebody next to you that would you just tell them hey just let God have control of your life. Let him have control. But what happens is we, we, we don't want to let God have control because we want security. We want to hang on to it. We want to control our time. We want to control our money. We want to control the relationships that we have because we like to control things. We like to be in control. We like to be in the driver's seat. You know, it's hard to say, Jesus, take the wheel until you're on that slippery <laughs> patch of a patch of ice and things are all gone wrong and then you know you can't do anything about it then we say jesus take the wheel but if we could just have the time and the money and the resources and the relationships and even here's a hard one our feelings like the emotions that we like man i'm struggling times what happens though is god allows us to go into a crisis he allows us to go into a bad situation he doesn't create the bad situation but he allows it to happen Because it brings us to a place where we're willing to take our hands off. Mother Teresa said it this way: "You'll never know God is all you need until He's all you have." (laughs) Like, as long as we think we're doing, God, pretty, I'm doing pretty good at this. God, I don't need to give you control. But as long as we think we're in control, we think we're doing a great job. But it's in those moments, and sometimes we say it like this: that you know, I just I'm at the end of my rope, or I've, I've come all the way to the bottom of the barrel. There's nothing left. In fact, that might be you today. You might be sitting in this room thinking, I don't even know why I'm trying. I don't ha- what's the point? Why what's this all about anyway? Why? Why should I even wake up tomorrow? That's such a hard place to be in. But it's a perfect place to be in to to, to say, "Okay, God, I'm tired of fighting. I'm ready to give you control." But you don't have to get to that point. And here's what happens. When God's in control, a few things happen. And the first one is that you'll get new strength. Over and over and over in the word, we see that when we take our hands off and we surrender to God, when we cast our cares upon him, it says that he cares for us. Like when we actually offer ourselves up to him, he takes us and says, okay, I can work with that. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He needs us to be surrendering. So let's pick up in in the story of uh, Jacob where he's coming back into town. He already has his wives. He already has been uh, collected wealth. He's already been blessed by his father, run out of town by his brother, and now he's coming back into town, and he sees his brother afar off, and he has a lot of herds, and uh, he has a lot of, his, his household is very large, tents, and there are nomadic people. They're coming back into town. They have herds and, and wealth, And he is so afraid that his brother is going to attack him and be mad that he decides, okay, I'm going to split up all my, I'm going to break up all. So even if he attacks me, he won't get it all in one. He won't be able to destroy all of me. So he's left alone in the camp, kind of waiting on the inevitable to happen when his brother comes to attack. And something incredible happens where he has an encounter with God. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. In Genesis chapter 32 verse 24, he was alone in the camp and a man came, not just a a normal man, a man came and wrestled him until the dawn began to break. And we find out later that this man is not just a man, not just some random person who's on the road, but it is, uh, we can look at it a couple of different ways. Another version says that it's the Lord. Another version points at it like an angel or a Christophany, someone who represents the Lord. And so he's left there, and when the man saw and he wrestled with this man until dawn. So all night long, basically, and I imagine a campfire, tents, and fighting all night long till the dawn. And then the man sees something. When the man saw that he would not win the match, in other words, that, that Jacob would never give up, that he was fighting and he was going to keep fighting, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. It says that it, that he gave him a limp, that he changed his body and this was enough. This is that moment where he knew that Jacob would never give up, so he changed the situation. And Jacob realized, I can't beat this. This is, <laughs> I've been fighting normally. This guy just did something to me. Way out of the normal. And so to me, this reminds me of how I treat my kids sometimes. I'd never wrench their joints out of place. That did, Don't take that. Uh-oh. No, but it reminds me of times whenever I have to just say, okay, <laughs> you think you got this, then you handle it. And sometimes I know it puts them into a bad situation. One uh, About a month ago or so, Jake's been driving for, for some time, but he called me up and it was in the afternoon and he, 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 and I answered the phone and he said, dad, we got, he, I could tell he was really upset and he let me know that he had locked his keys in his car. And so I just let him know this is the first time this ever happened. I know we need, we should have had two keys. (laughs) We were supposed to get a key made. He was supposed to get a key made. And I said, okay, just hang out there. I'll be right there. We'll figure it out. I brought some coat hangers and some little, some little tools. He said the worst thing is I can see the keys right on the seat. I can see them right there. I just can't get in. And so I've been in that you probably have been in that situation many, many times. I have been there more than I can count on the side of the road, <laughs> can't get my keys. I just did something stupid, locked them in, and right then realized how how dumb it was. So I get there and within about maybe 15 minutes or so it takes us to fish the Coat hanger down in there pick up the keys and we pull them all the way back I tried everything I tried to unlock the doors with the power locks I tried to pull the door handle But finally we picked up the keys and pulled them out the top of the door (laughs) We got the keys out And I said jake This is a lesson to be learned right I could tell he was upset that it put the whole put him off schedule put me off schedule And I said it happens to all of us, but we got to learn a lesson got to go get a key made So you have an extra one. It's like couple bucks and you'll be set actually get a few made we'll keep one at the house I'll keep one you keep one we'll be safe so I go my way he goes his way I didn't think another thing about it a couple weeks later he calls me again calls me direct hey dad I could tell he was really upset again I locked my keys in my car again (laughs) I said okay well did you get your key made and nope (laughs) never got a key made at this point, I'm stuck with the decision, right? So as a dad, I'm thinking, I want to go help him. But here's an e- I decided this is a lesson to be learned. I said, okay, here's what you got to do. And so I, it's going to cost you a little bit this time. I can't come. You got to get on your phone, find a wrecker, figure out who can get there, who do you want to deal with, how much it's going to cost. It's going to be at least 25 bucks. He ended up paying $50 to get his door opened. And I said, bud, that's just the way it goes. And then when he called me, about an hour later, he said, oh, we finally got it worked out. He said, I'm on my way to get the key made right now. (laughs) (laughs) So he did get the key made, but needless to say, sometimes it takes getting to the place where you, (laughs) okay, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. Okay, I give in, (laughs) I give up, right? It's kind of like that with God. I think he lets us get to a place where we're ready to surrender, where he's allowed us to see things the way they need to be seen so that we'll finally surrender to him where we'll give ourselves freely to him and I don't think he has to bend for most of us uh, I think for me it took almost felt like he had to bend my arm behind my back for me to realize (laughs) my life is better whenever I give it to him but when you finally get to that place it's like we it's like we can't figure it out till we get there and then when we get there we realize this is a lot better and now whenever we lock our key in the car, we realize, hey, I have an extra key. We realize we've learned the lessons and God can step right in and help us in those situations. And he gives us the strength that we never had when we were self-reliant. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all you who are weary and, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now watch this, that rest is strength because while we're working while we're doing the work that while we're running the race it's like you can have a supernatural it's like whenever he says there is peace that passes all understanding it's like you can still be running the race without anxiety without the stress without the insecurities without all of the burden of it he said come take a load off but i'm not going to take the work away from you i'm not going to take you out of the race i'm just going to give you the strength that you need to win the race With my strength, that's God's strength. He doesn't say, come and lay down. Come put your feet up. (laughs) That's what we want God to say. We want God to say, hey, where can I lay down? That's not it, though. Where we're at is whenever God says, all right, let's run. I'm going to run with you, and it's going to be easy. That's where I want to be. That's where I want us to be. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you in Matthew and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. You know, you don't need a yoke if you're resting, if you're not working. A yoke is when they have two oxen, and they put them together so they can get more than double the effort, and they can pull the plow. I don't have a lot of working. We're running our race, and he says, here, take my yoke. And real quick, I don't have a lot of time to go into this, but there were two different kinds of yoke. There were the yoke that was a general one-size-fit-all, a specific ox. And with a custom.